Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We're continuing our series of podcasts called Shields Up. And the idea behind Shields Up is we want to combat the devil in his schemes. And so what we do is we take this past Sunday sermon and talk about how the devil might seek to trip us up. And this past Sunday in 1 Peter chapter 2, we talked about Jesus being the cornerstone. We call it the precious stone of life, referring to our Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the most important thing that this world could ever know. According to the text, Jesus is God's cornerstone. God builds everything upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And really, there's only two options with Jesus. You either fully accept him or you fully reject him. But there's a problem that most people have with Christianity and even God himself. And that's really what I want to focus our attention on today. And I think it's the devil's number one tool. I really do. For getting people to question God is that he's not tangible. I can't touch God. I can't look upon him with my eyes. And There are a lot of people that simply don't believe in God because of that one reason. I can't see him. I can't touch him. And anything I can't see and touch, I don't believe in. So the things upon the earth, I can see them. I can touch them. Therefore, I believe that they are real. But unless I can see, unless I can touch, then I refuse to believe that something is real. And that is an old trick, but it's a really useful trick for the devil to just say to us, tangible is better than intangible. There might be a God, but how do you know? You have to look upon this world. You have to gauge things based on what you can see and what you can touch. And if you can't see God, then it's probably not wise to build your entire life on him. And First Peter, we find that, you know, we have to build upon Jesus as the cornerstone of our life. It sounds kind of like that's a bold thing to say, that you should build your entire life upon and around someone you've never actually seen or touched, someone who is intangible. And Peter is asking and commanding us to build our lives upon Jesus Christ. And he says some bold statements like, you know, you'll either build upon him or you'll stumble over him to your eternal ruin. And then he calls Jesus precious three times. And Peter was in a different category even than we are. He actually saw and touched the Lord Jesus. But Peter is asking us to do something that sounds a little challenging. I never met Jesus. Jesus died almost 2,000 years before I was born. So I was never able to to witness his teachings, to see his miracles, to experience him firsthand. I just read the word of God and I believe based on that. And you have to imagine that that is the devil's number one tactic to get us to believe that tangible beats intangible. And in some ways he's right. Tangible in many respects is better than intangible. But the problem with the devil's tactic is that the Lord Jesus is not intangible. God is not intangible. And that's where he gets us. He starts with a presupposition that isn't true. He says, listen, if you can't see God and you can't see Jesus, how are you supposed to believe what they say about themselves? How are you supposed to believe they exist even? But he's already starting from a a wrong presupposition because I believe we can see God. I believe we can see the Lord Jesus Christ. Here in Northeast Pennsylvania, we know what it's like. We're in a snowy month here, still in February. It's almost March, but February's still here. In fact, today is a snowy day. We know what it's like for a weatherman to forecast a huge snowstorm and then for it not actually to materialize. In fact, I think we had that a couple times this past winter where they called, you know, for a really big storm, a foot of snow or whatever, and then it turned out to be an inch or so. And weathermen do their best. You know, they're trying to, to look into the future a little bit and, you know, they consider themselves fallible people. But here in the Northeast, we have to sort of, you know, gauge based on the tangible snow to go, okay, you know, he's calling for a foot of snow and I'll make some preparations, but I'm not going to cancel work. 
schools aren't going to cancel themselves. You know, we're not going to really adjust our lives until we actually see that the snow is coming. And that's kind of a kind of a wise thing, you know, when it deals with weathermen. Another example is when people, you know, do believe that a snowstorm is coming, you know, a nor'easter is coming, a huge snowstorm is coming. Here's another example of this. People go out to the store and sort of stock up with food because what they're considering that is that if the snowstorm does come and we're putting faith in that it does come, food at home, tangible food is better than the knowledge of food at a grocery store. Because even if the food is at the store, I might not be able to get to it if there is a huge debilitating snowstorm. So I can't just know that there's food. I can't just know that I have access to food or even the money to go and buy food. I have to have the food in my home ready to be eaten because that is the only reason I can know that I'm safe. And that's kind of what we're dealing with. And that's kind of how the devil loves to work. You can't see him. You can't touch him. He's not real. And so all of these promises that God is making, how in the world are you going to put stock in these things when you can't test them and validate them? But like I said before, it's a wrong presupposition. And the devil knows that because he's starting already on a wrong footing by saying you can't test God because you can't see him and you can't touch him. But we can. We can. And it's probably not in the ways that you're expecting. No, I can't physically with my eyes look upon a physical God. That is true. I can't physically with my hands put them on a physical God. God. That's true. And a lot of people, because that's true, they want to construct a God with their own hands so they can see, they can touch it. It's what we call idolatry. They make statues, they bow down to them, they go, here, we finally have a tangible God. That makes us feel content. So in that way, I can't touch and see God. But you know what is really true about God? Evidence of him is all around us. The very creation that we live in, the very bodies that our soul and heart belong to are evidence of the tangible God. Because God did not leave us with a blind faith. You hear that sometimes, right? That Christianity, it's a blind faith. You have nothing to work on. You just believe a bunch of statements. Can't validate it. Can't test it. Can't authenticate it. So, you know, it's it's probably going to turn out to be ridiculous when you go to your grave and you realize there's nothing beyond that. That's not true. I mean, Jesus in John chapter 10 said this about himself. He said, listen to these words in verse 37 and 38. He says, if I am not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. I mean, think about that verse. Jesus actually said in one verse in the Bible, don't believe in me. But the way that he starts the verse out is by saying, if I am not doing the works of my father, then don't believe me. But then he follows it up in verse 38 by saying, but if I do them, if I do the works of my Father, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Isn't that a cool passage? Jesus is saying, listen, I understand. I am not asking you to follow me blindly. I'm not asking you to believe in God blindly. If I'm saying I'm the Son of God and I have no way to validate it, you're right. You shouldn't believe in me. And that's really a good test for anybody. If there's no validation and no proof and no way to authenticate their words, then you're right. You shouldn't believe them because that is blind faith. And that is intangible and it is a poor way to live. But Jesus is saying, test it. Look at my works. If you don't believe me and my words, believe what I do. Because if you were around Jesus Christ at that time, you would have saw miracles upon miracles. And Back in the day, they didn't have the technology and the camera work and things like that, where a lot of illusionists living now in our age, you know, have a lot of advantages to trick the eye and the mind. 
Back in the day, Jesus was doing miracles right in front of people with no stage, no props. And he was actually changing people's lives. He would take a leper and you would see the leper covered in sores and boils and a miserable creature. And all of a sudden, Jesus cured him in an instant and he was cured. He was clean. He was healed. You know, on another occasion, there's 5,000 people hungry, needing food. And Jesus takes, you know, just a portion of food from a child, a couple fish and a couple loaves and, and says, I'll feed them with this. And he breaks it apart and 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 breaks it apart until 5,000 plus people are stuffed. And Jesus did countless miracles. And here in John 10, he's basically saying, listen, I'm not intangible. Neither is God. If you don't believe my words, look at what I do. Look at what I'm capable of. Look at the authority I have to command the winds and the waves and the sea. Things obey me. I have authority. I can heal people. I can raise the dead. If you don't believe what I'm saying about myself, believe the works and they will validate who I am. And going back to one of the devil's old tactics, he loves to say, listen, God's intangible. Jesus Christ can't be authenticated. Yeah, okay, he was a man who lived. You know, that that's a historical account. Jesus did live, but he wasn't the son of God. How could you possibly know that? But Jesus' works and miracles are recorded, and they are historical as well. And countless people saw countless miracles from our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's basically saying there, right there, that is tangible. You don't have to believe me blindly. Believe what I am able to do because I couldn't do these things any other way than I belong to God and God's power is upon me. And it's the very same for us. God is not intangible. Look around creation. Open your eyes to see the world. Look at your own bodies, how they're constructed. I am a father of five going on six children, and every single time my wife is pregnant, we go on a nine-month journey. We are able to see with modern technology the growth of a child inside of her. I'm telling you right now, that is tangible proof of God because it is mind-blowing. It is beyond my imagination how that happens. In fact, we had twins, as many of you know, almost five years ago, and they came out of the womb at 31 weeks, which is really dangerous. At 31 weeks, you know, with modern technology, they can probably help the baby live. But at 31 weeks, that is a dangerous place to be is outside of the mother's womb. And you would think with all the modern technology we have today, it would be best for them to be out of the womb as soon as possible. But it's not. The safest, best place for a child to be is inside the mother's womb for nine months. You know why? Because God has constructed the womb to be a child creator, to design and to help the child grow until nine months that they're ready to come out and live in the world. That is tangible proof of our Lord. And so when the devil says to us, he's not tangible, therefore you shouldn't believe, it's ridiculous because you can validate God. You can validate the Lord Jesus Christ. You can look all over this world. You can look in your life. If you're a Christian, you have so much proof. I mean, I have seen Christ and God bring me through so many things, myself and my family, that if he wasn't there, I wouldn't have made it. And one of the strongest proofs for God, one of the strongest tangible things that you can test with God is when he changes a soul. When someone lives their life one way, sinfully, worldly, without hope, and they trust in Christ. And as soon as they trust in Christ, they change. And I've seen it in myself 
And it's profound, and I've seen it in others, and it's profound. When someone meets the Lord Jesus Christ and believes in his promises, believes in who he is, believes in his gospel, they change. And I'm not saying they change a couple things, you know, a little bit of their language, a little bit of their style. No, they change everything. They change from the inward, their loves, their hates, their desires, what they want to talk about, what they want to do. Everything becomes new. And I am a firsthand testimony of the tangible proof of our Lord Jesus. Because when I met him at age 26, with full faith, I changed. I was going one way. I was spiraling downward. I didn't have any hope. I didn't have any confidence. I was living for sinful pleasures. And when I met Jesus Christ, I turned around completely. And I started to live for the things of God. I started to have hope and peace and joy and security. And this is, you know, 12, 13 years later, I'm still going that same direction. And it's all because at age 26, I met the tangible Jesus, the one that I can authenticate with not just words and promises, but with works, validation in my soul, in my heart, in my mind, through my actions. And that is one of the best proofs of Christ upon this earth is that there are Christians, There are people that don't live like the rest of the world. There are people who have real hope and real joy that are not rooted in the circumstances of life. And if you're one of those people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're not one of those people, then you need that Jesus. So when the devil likes to say to us, he's not tangible, can't authenticate it, you can't validate it. Why don't you live for the things that you can validate? You know, the pleasures and the joys of the earth, you can have them right now. You know, that you can see them, you can touch them, you can feel them. It's best. It's best to live for what's tangible. He is causing us to do something astonishing, is to look away from all the proof of God upon this earth, all of it, and simply focus upon the sinful pleasures of this life. And you can even say about the things that we find pleasure from. Before they become perverted and sinful, pleasures too are from God. The things that we enjoy upon this earth, food and and things like that, relationships, they're good things. They came from God. They're actually a validation of God. Because the fact that my soul can delight in things, that I can find pleasure and joy in things, proves that there's a God. Because he has designed my body to be satisfied by good things, things that come from him. Once again, another proof of his existence. And so when Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, Jesus is the cornerstone, build your entire life upon him. Peter was a man who had validation, who could stand upon Jesus in full confidence and help others stand upon Jesus in full confidence because he had tested it. Peter was this way. He met Jesus and he became a new person. And every single promise Jesus ever made, Peter believed it because he was tangible. He is tangible. And so when we find in 1 Peter that he's saying, Jesus is precious. Build your entire life upon him. He's saying what's obvious. Everything good comes from Jesus. Everything bad comes from rejecting him. So therefore, build your entire lives upon him. Build your entire lives on him. Don't live for the sinful temporary pleasures of this world that go away. Christ has told us that's not good. I mean, you want to talk about tangible, there's going to be another version of us in eternity. And the sinful pleasures we live for now are going to be intangible then. So we can taste and feel and touch those things now. In eternity, they're going to be gone. We won't have joy and pleasure and satisfaction from those things ever again. But we will have Jesus if we believe in him. 
If we believe in Jesus, we will have him and everything he offers us forevermore. And that is tangible proof. We can validate it now, and we can invest in it in the future. And that is what I believe as Peter is saying in 1 Peter chapter 2. Jesus is the chief cornerstone, God's chief cornerstone. And whoever believes in him will by no means be put to shame. So how are you living today? Are you building your life upon the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you validated the claims of who he is and what he's able to do in your life, around this world, in the hearts and souls of those who believe in him? If so, build upon him more than you already are right now. Give him more, follow him greater, depend upon him greater, and you will find that he is able to hold you and to keep you and everything that you love and value will go with you to the other side. And if this seems foreign to you today, then I ask that you would test him. If you don't just believe the words of Jesus, believe his works. Validate the claim of other Christians who love and follow him and are different people. Validate him by looking at creation and considering your own body, saying, wow, what a a well-constructed thing that Christ has given me to validate the fact that God is real, that he is real, that he loves us, and that I should build my entire life upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. I pray that you'll listen to that today. I pray that Jesus is precious to you. I pray that you too will become like Peter in the respect that you can say, he's precious, he's the cornerstone, and he's worthy of my all. Blessings to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.